Good morning. Happy Sunday. Thank you all for joining me this morning. I am so glad that each of you have tuned into Bible Deliverance this morning. And I want to get right into the Word of God, so let us pray. Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we thank you, O God. Thank you. Because you saw fit to wake us up this morning. Thank you, O God. Thank you, O God, because you saw fit to keep us clothed in our right minds, O God. Lord, we thank you. And Lord, we come before your throne, giving you thanks and honoring you as we desire to hear from you this morning. We desire to hear your word. We give you honor and we give you praise, O God. And Lord, I come before you asking you to just use me as a vessel, O God. Use me as a vessel to convey your word, untainted, uncompromised in a manner in which you have given to me to give to your people. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, I thank you all for joining Bible Deliverance this morning. I want to begin by outlining a scenario for you to give you a clear visual perspective of where God is taking us in today's message. I want you to imagine this for a moment. Imagine in the corridor of a hospital, there are four medical interns embarking on their first day of internship. They're walking down a hallway, talking to each other, excited about the medical careers that they have been planning since childhood. As they get closer to the cafeteria where they were heading for lunch, they could see that there is a body up ahead stretched out on the floor. And they quickly approach the body. And it's clear it is a man. And this man is bleeding profusely. The interns were not sure what they should do. They began screaming for help, and in between the screaming, the questions began to flare. Who is this man? How did he get injured, and how did he end up here? Afraid to touch the man or to do anything for fear of doing the wrong thing, the questions and the screams from the interns continued. Finally, a veteran doctor of 35 years turned the corner and runs to the scene and immediately he begins to give the interns directives and he proclaims he's bleeding out we have to stop the bleeding in leviticus chapter 15 and verse 25 the scripture speaks of a woman bleeding outside of her normal monthly cycle and this being designated as un The revelation here is not specifically addressing the biological dynamics of a woman's body, but it gives insight and informs us that any abnormal or irregular consistency of bleeding is unclean. In verse 26 and 27 of the same chapter in Leviticus, it goes on to explain to us that anything touched by what is declared unclean will also be declared unclean. Understand this. That which is unclean is contagious. 
and capable of contamination. We are living in a time where dysfunctions and actions and reactions can no longer be dismissed as discrepancies, differences of opinions, or mere character flaws. What we are bearing witness to in this day and time is uncleanliness brought on by an unnatural, brought on by what is not God-ordained. And the result of it is an ungodly means of blood loss. In case you have been too busy to notice, we are bleeding out. Mankind is bleeding out. Nation after nation is bleeding out. 1 John 1 and 7 reads, But if we walk in the light, and he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. We have become a people who no longer walk in the light of Christ. We no longer walk obedient to the word of God. And because we are walking in darkness, walking in shades of gray, we operate and conduct ourselves based on the blood of our own flesh, not the blood of Christ, which cleanses us. We prioritize our plans and our will over the will in the ways of God, which is indicative of us choosing our blood over the blood of Christ. The problem is our blood can only sustain our flesh. The problem is our blood is unclean. But the biggest problem of all is our blood can only contaminate. Our blood only breeds dis-ease. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, the scripture tells us about the dis-ease produced by the blood of the flesh of man. As the scripture reads, people will become lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. The scripture goes on to say they are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Always learning, but never able to come to a knowledge of the truth. They are of depraved mind who as far as the faith is concerned are rejected. And their folly will be made clear to everyone. These scriptures lay the foundation of the script that we see being played out in our leaders who are out of control, 
who have become manipulators instead of effective managers. We see political agendas that have become personal platforms and a pawn for power. And even professed believers are blending in and craving the same things as the world. Choosing to be more loyal to man, more loyal to political parties, more loyal to celebrity status, to accolades, approvals, and likes of people than they are to the righteousness of God. We are wounded people. From country to country, from city to city, from family to family, from marriage to marriage, one after another, we are wounded. We are bleeding To bleed out medically means to lose a significant amount of blood, often to the point where it becomes life-threatening. This condition is also known as hemorrhaging and can occur due to an injury, trauma, or surgical or medical complications. When a person is bleeding out, this means their body is losing blood faster than it can replace it. Follow me close, y'all. See, because I want you to understand that we have a blood source that can heal, that can restore. We have a divine donor. But we won't, as a people, accept the conditions of the blood transfusion offered to us by the King of Kings, the doctor of doctors, the divine physician. I want you to know that the greatest thing about truth is it's consistent. And God, the creator of all things, tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And if we go back to Genesis, we will see that the scripture tells us we were created in the image of the likeness of God, which means we were created in the image and the likeness of truth. Hence, we were created in the image and the likeness of consistency. God said, let us make man. And then in Romans 2, 11, the scripture tells us that God has no respect of person. So whether you're black, white, regardless of your geographical origin, regardless of who you bow to, or if you even bow at all, we are collectively the body of mankind. Considering all that, follow me close as I show you how the spiritual body of mankind correlates and mirrors the physical body of mankind. We as a people, as God's creation of mankind, are losing blood through the wounds of our flesh, which have been brought on by the traumas of ungodly disobedience. Racism, segregation, narcissism, insecurities, fear, and arrogance. All while trying to deal with these wounds, we also have to deal with some other self-inflicted injuries. So, such as self-centeredness, selfishness, a desire for power, cravings to control one another, and a need to be validated by others. And because we have been duped into thinking that we can deal with these wounds ourselves, you know, without the consultation of the master or without submitting to God's mandated surgery, 
here we stand, bleeding out. Bleeding out can have some serious consequences, including hypovolemic shock. As blood loss continues, it impairs the circulation of oxygen and nutrients to vital organs. This can result in organ failure and cause damage to our heart, which is why we see heartless responses to what breaks the heart of God. Loss of blood can impact the function of our brain, which is why we see the body of mankind it evident that common sense is no longer common. And our ability to reason with each other is almost non-existent. Our state of bleeding out is impacting the function of our brain. Hypovolemic shock takes a toll on our kidneys. The function of the kidney is to remove waste and extra fluid. But as people, we have begun to tolerate, even bask in waste. We even crave the extra fluid. We are entertained and embrace false imagery as an adorned reality. We crave things which do nothing to benefit the body. The extra fluid I'm talking about feeds division, exalts arrogance, and seeks to argue rather than find a means of agreement. And let's not leave out the impact that severe loss of blood has on the liver. The liver removes toxins, maintains healthy blood sugar levels, and regulates blood clotting. Look around. Pay attention. We have more than half of our society supporting what has proven to be toxic. We are becoming unable to maintain our sugar levels. We are more entertained by dysfunction, disagreements, and degrading than we are with the sweetness of peace. There is a clotting in our society that is going unregulated, that is not being treated. How many of you know that blood clots kill? If the hemorrhaging that is going on amongst mankind is not stopped and treated effectively and righteously, it will lead to death due to the loss of oxygen and essential nutrients to the body's tissues and organs. What it means for our nation and globally is if we don't stop the bleeding, and stand on the principles of righteousness. We will continue to bleed out. If we don't exalt what is right, what is fair, what is just, if we allow precedences to be set based on titles, positions, and popularity, we will become a society that would shame Sodom and Gomorrah. We will become a society where no one has to be held accountable for their actions or reactions. 
A society where there is no measure of right or wrong. A society where laws are made up case by case. Where the poor are considered less and forgotten. Where the sick are not cared for or fed. Where all attributes of compassion are not only compromised, but dissolved. Treatment for a body that is bleeding out typically involves at least one of four things. First, stopping the bleeding. Then identifying the source of the bleeding followed by possible administering of intravenous fluids. And last but not least, there may be required blood transfusions and or surgery. In order for us to stop bleeding out, we are going to have to address not one, not two, not three, but all four treatments. But I got some good news for you. We're going to sanctify and impose some new math here because we're going to cancel out these four issues, these four treatments with three. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The first step is to stop the wound from bleeding. Medical experts advise that to stop the bleeding of a wound that you cover the wound with sterile gauze or a clean cloth and then press firmly on the wound. Let me tell you what that looks like in the spirit realm. In the spirit realm, we are to cover the wound with what is sterile, what is clean, what is untainted and unblemished, which is the word of God. To put it in the simplest terms, whatever the wound, Dress it and address it with the word of God. Then press firmly. This means lean into the word. Don't stray from it. Don't ease up on it. And don't let any air and outside influence interfere with what has been proven as true. Look at the consistency of God showing up. Because I believe that the word of God tells us to do what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Look how it applies to the treatment of our wounds. The next issue is identifying the bleeding source. What has been punctured? What has been scarred? What has been violated? What is not operating according to the mandate of God? I remember for several years that my dad, once a year, he would go through an issue where he was losing blood and they couldn't determine the source of the blood loss. My dad would be admitted into the hospital and they would give him a blood transfusion and he would stay in the hospital a day or two and leave and he'd be fine. His doctors and my family began to accept this as the norm because it seemed to happen year after year. Now, I'll finish telling you the story in just a moment, but I want you 
to pause and to get the understanding of this that we need to identify the bleeding sources that are playing out in our now. The bleeding source of the body of mankind is rooted in lies, selfishness, arrogance, greed, greed, manipulation, and disobedience to the mandate of God. The bleeding source can only be healed with truth. And truth can only be measured by righteousness. And God is the author, the definer, the finisher, the sustainer of righteousness. And as spiritually deep and profound as that sounds, let me break it down to you. Because I need you to really grasp how we are to go about exalting the truth and the righteousness of God. As agents of the kingdom, we have been given the mantle of dominion, not to be controlling, not to go about beating people over the heads with the Bible, and not to violate anyone's gift of free will of which we were all given by God. To heal the source of the bleeding, our goal must be set on being effectual. The word effectual means to be successful in producing the desired or intended result. To be effectual in the healing of wounds of the body of mankind, we have to go back to the basics. Which involves being committed to being a lifelong student of the Word of God. Believe it or not, I've heard pastors say that they don't need to shut down to study to prepare for a sermon. They could preach in their sleep. That they wake up with the word in them. And that they have the word stored in their heart. I get it that some preachers have preached so many sermons and studied so many scriptures that it feels like there is nothing left for them to draw from. That they have it all bottled up inside of them. But I want to tell you and share with you something that an older woman told me a while ago. An older woman of God, she shared some wisdom with me that was so profound and provided me with such a revelation. She said to me, a good student pays attention to what is being said and also finds clarity in what is not being said. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it tells us to study to show thyself approved unto God. What the scripture does not say is that at any point we are to back away from studying. The wounds we are suffering from is because we have brought into the concepts that allow us to put expiration dates and conditions based on preferences, position, status, experience when it comes to the inerrant word of God. Studying the word of God should be just as continuous as our desire 
for his approval. We have to be committed to be lifelong students of the word of God and have also lifelong students of life so that we can be effectual in healing the source of the bleeding. Without a commitment to the word of God, we will continue to bleed out. The next treatment that I want to address is administering of intravenous fluids. This treatment helps maintain a patient's hydration, electrolytes, and blood sugar levels. When I was studying and researching these treatments, of course, the medical explanations contain the word patient. Now, what I don't want you to do is be arrogant or proclaim yourselves as not being a patient. We are all patients with the need for continued care to be administered by the top specialist, the one who is not just a brain surgeon, but who created the brain, the one who is not just a blood specialist, but the one who created blood, the one who keeps the blood running through your veins, the one who is not just an cardiologist or a pulmonary specialist. He is the one who created your heart and who blew breath into your lung. Everybody's bucking for positions and titles and statuses. Let me tell you who I am. I am a child of God who is a lifelong patient of his. Any other title, position, or label given me must be compliant, must bow down to my position as a child and a patient of God. Our disconnect from the righteousness of God is the real, the infectious wounds that are causing us to bleed out. We as a people around the globe have to stop the bleeding. You know, we had accepted, my family, that once a year, my dad had these episodes where he would lose blood and he would go into the hospital and have blood transfusions and then we'd just move on. Well, we moved to a new state and he had a new team of doctors. And the first time this issue arose under this new medical team, they said, no, we are not going to accept this as his norm. So they tested him and retested him. They scanned him. They picked him. They probed him. They got second and third opinions from teams of specialists. And they determined that he had bleeding ulcers. And the fix was simple he would need to undergo surgery to remove the bleeding ulcers and to stop what was now clear to be just a senseless accepted reality due to a misdiagnosis. We have become complacent, even comfortable with dysfunction. We are treating our hemorrhaging issue just as we did 
with my dad, accepting the misdiagnosis and settling for this just being the new norm. Because the world has issued a diagnosis that says, yes, the Bible declares this as a sin, but that was then and this is now. The world's diagnosis has told us that it is not better to give than receive. As the world pushes the concept of get all you can and then can all you get. The world's diagnosis tells us that we need to be validated by others and things and labels and titles and statuses and bank accounts and positions. I want to make a public service announcement. The world has been wrong. The world has misdiagnosed the real of reality. And we need to consult a team of experts that God brought in, that works within his practice. These experts are Moses, Joshua, David, Solomon, Matthew, Mark, Luke, Paul. They all worked for the divine physician. When you consult this team of experts, I'm sure the diagnosis will be unanimous. To effectively stop the bleeding, we need surgery. We need surgery to remove the norm of how we have been doing things. We need to be more intentional about our reach. We need surgery to dismantle all the legions of self-righteousness and selfishness. See, because church folks just want to talk to y'all for a moment. We have been hoarding the grace and mercy of God. We have not been as effective as we could be in our charge to spread the gospel. We are barely training evangelists. We struggle, church folks, to share the gospel in conversation. We have isolated our praise. We have essentially kept the gospel within our cliques. The body of mankind is bleeding out. Because those who proclaim to be covered by the blood of Christ won't step outside of their comfort zones to deal with the ulcers that are the source of the bleeding. The saved and the sanctified won't step outside of their comfort zones to speak and to stand on righteousness alone, regardless of popular opinion. The children of God can't get past the self-righteous habit of condemning to confirm that God is still God. Some of us as individuals, as parents, as spouses, as leaders, and I'm talking about those from the church house to the white house to the schoolhouse to your house, don't even recognize that they are bleeding out because the loss of blood is internal, like the ulcers. No one else can see the blood loss with their bare eyes, but it's the internal ulcers that are weakening us. 
It's the internal ulcers that are throwing off our equilibrium and in turn causing a negative impact on our culture. The bleeding is from the wounds and the ulcers of segregation, racism, habitual blaming, shaming, exaltation of pride, greed, selfishness, evilness, ungodly desires of flesh and idol worship. Every right, every wrong, every attitude, every action, every reaction we see exalted in our culture is a result of the conditions of someone's internal state. Hurt people hurt people. The lost can only lead the lost. Those of us who profess to be committed to the righteousness of God. Because of the word of God, we know the diagnosis. We are the tools to be used to administer the blood transfusion. We are charged to exalt the love of Christ. To assist in the healing of those hurting. To guide the lost. To be the light in the dark rooms. To exalt truth in an atmosphere of lies, to walk humble when arrogance is the expected stance. This is how we stop the bleeding. This message began with the scenario of the interns being faced with a man on the floor bleeding profusely and because they were afraid of doing the wrong thing, they did nothing but scream for help and, and tried to figure out who the man was and where he came from and how he got there. When the veteran doctor arrived on the scene, the first thing that he said is he is bleeding out. We have to stop the bleeding. The professional, for one of experience, was not concerned with the man's name his origin, what happened to him, or how the man got there. Because that was not the priority. None of that information would be crucial to the saving of the man's life. We as a people are bleeding out. And in order to save lives, we have to not only exalt the kingdom of God, but we have to walk in it. We are the vessels through which God's kingdom is designed to come to earth. As vessels of God, because of our commitment to God, we have to shift from blaming, shift from shaming, shift from degrading, shift from bashing and complaining. It's time we shift from focusing on the origins of people, from people's names and titles and labels and positions because none of this is crucial to the process of stopping the bleeding. As vessels of God, we are charged to administer God's mixture of intravenous fluids for the sake of hydration, which is the flow and activation of the anointing. To maintain healthy levels so that the body can function as God designed, productive, and as an asset to his kingdom. We can no longer continue to dwell in the state of being 
lukewarm Christians dwelling in complacency, not speaking against the kingdom of God, but not speaking up for it and not contributing to the building of the kingdom of God. For when we dwell in complacency, that is a place of blatant arrogance, even subtle arrogance, with one content with only material things, one content with their own self-defined state of peace. In Revelations 3, verses 16 through 17, it provides a wake-up call for those in this state. As it reads, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched. Pitiful poor, blind, and naked. The last two treatments to stop us from the bleeding out are blood transfusion and surgery. There is no getting around a spiritual blood transfusion. We will never be able to align with the will or the ways of God. We will die without spiritual blood transfusion. The death that I'm talking about is separation from God. In 2 Timothy 3, we read the symptoms that man incurs when we operate according to the blood of our own flesh, lovers of self, ungodliness, and on and on. But let me share with you the symptoms associated with the outcome of submitting oneself to God's prescribed blood transfusion and surgery. It's outlined in Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And it's referred to as the fruit of the spirit. For after our godly blood transfusion and surgery, we will become bearers of the fruit of God. The scripture reads, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I'm asking everyone under the sound of my voice to join me in a commitment to stop the bleeding. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we come before you consenting and committing ourselves to you, asking you to administer a blood transfusion, asking you to perform a divine surgery on each of us. Renew our minds, O oh God. Reshape our hearts to align with your will and your way. Fine-tune our tongues, strengthen our desire for your word. Discipline us to commit to the studying of your word, O oh God. Lord, let us be reminded at all times of your omnipresence. Not with you as a warden, but we want to be reminded of your presence so that we may live continuously honoring you.
Lord, we want to talk like we honor your presence. We want to act and react at all times like we honor your presence. We want to address the ways, the climate and the politics of this world like we honor your presence. Lord, we want to conduct all our relationships, personal, love, and professional like we honor your presence. Lord, let each of us be influential. Let each of us be committed to stopping the bleeding around us. Lord, we give you glory. We give you praise. Amen, amen, and amen. Again, I thank you for tuning into Bible Deliverance. Be blessed.
the Spirit. 